my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy. I'm Joe Stapleton. Him, him over there, way over there, he's James Hardigan. He's my work wife. Thank you, Joseph. And it is my duty to wish you a happy Namibian Heroes Day. I would love to meet a Namibian here. We met a Namibian once. We did not get along with her, but uh, that's a story for another day. Uh, we're going to do things a little differently the next few weeks as we are balls deep in WCOOP, and you'll be hearing a lot from us already, oh, yeah. four days a week, actually. But coming up on today's show, the Discord, it's up and running. And as promised, we got some shout-outs to do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually quite a long list, but I promise I'll rattle through it quickly. Okay, you're going to do your T's and C's voice? <laughs> Not quite that fast. Okay, uh, some people would say poker is war. Those people are idiots who've never been to war. <laughs> but I just really like the idea of calling Howard Swains our war correspondent. Yes. Uh, he is in the trenches, as it were, keeping track of all things WCOOP, and he'll be joining us a bit later on as well as the winner of event number four high, uh, the first one we covered, that's P. Vigar or Vigor, uh, as well as another WCOOP champion, Jonathan Proudflop Proudfoot. So lots of guests this week. And if we're going to basically liken Howard to a war correspondent, can we get him to come on the stream with... In a helmet? Kind of, yeah, with a helmet, with in khaki, <laughs> flak jacket with the word press written on it. I mean, look, I imagine that every single... English soldier in World War One looked exactly like Howard already. <laughs> like that's that is just what I picture. Uh, as long as we're going to have the revolving door of guests and correspondents, last but not least, we will be joined by Luke Maskell, who is here to quiz me on a more war. Uh, the movie Jarhead, or as I said nonstop because I saw it with my friend from Boston, Jarhead. We're going to go see fucking Jawhead, gay. We're going to see we nonstop Jawhead. Jaw. Anyway, I uh, did get a chance to rewatch that, but we will talk about that a little bit later on. On to our normal section for uh, watching movies and films. Uh, we've been busy, James. Yeah, we have. We have. So have you watched anything? The only thing I watched, I can't even remember why. I know what it was. Flicking around TV last weekend, the 24 Hours of Le Mans race was on Eurosport. And I remember that I still haven't seen that movie, Le Mans 66, uh, which I think was called Ford versus Ferrari in the US. Oh, and <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is Le Mans 66? So I finally watched it and thought it was decent, thought it was good. And then, of course, you start looking up the real story and then I just got yeah. annoyed. And there were so many unnecessary things they changed in the film. Um, mainly surrounding the character that Christian Bale plays, the driver, Ken Miles. There's this whole big thing in the movie. Spoilers, people. But hey, it's based on events that happened in the 60s. They're not really Wait, spoilers. Christian Bale doesn't play a character named Ferrari? No. Enzo Ferrari is in the movie, as is Henry Ford II, but they're not played by the principals. Uh -huh. um, Bale plays the driver, Ken Miles, um, who tragically died a, within months of that Le Mans race in 1966. But... There's a big thing in the movie about how, because he doesn't get on with the executives at Ford, they don't take him to the Le Mans race in 1965, and that's why Ford don't win. Not true. He did go to Le Mans in 1965, and it, the, there was a problem with the gearboxes in the cars, and they needed to do more development work, more engineering, in order to win the race in 1966. It's just stuff like that that just really pisses me off. Yeah, that seems, I don't know. Who knows why they, they make these changes? You know who, who else it pisses off the more <laughs> that I get to know them? Writers. 
it really pisses off writers when they make these changes because most of the time the writers are trying to keep it uh, as close to history as possible too. Did you like the movie overall after, I mean, before knowing where it was like, you know, where it delta I thought it was fine. I thought it was classic kind of end of the year Oscars fair. And I'm glad I saw it, but would I ever want to rewatch it? Will I remember that I've seen it in 10 years time? No. Well, James, I have a, a nearly, it's hard to be opposite of a sort of average review, but um, I watched a movie. In fact, I never do this, James. I watched a movie that I didn't finish. Uh, I turned it off. It was so bad that I was like, you know what? Like life's too short. I just don't. I don't care about this. I I tried to watch Reminiscence, uh, the brand new Hugh Jackman movie that uh, came out on HBO Max. I don't even like shitting on things anymore. I really don't like you know as someone that works is trying to work in the business and has lots of friends who work in the business. This movie. Is is was I just couldn't I just couldn't even get past like maybe the first half hour of it. Joe, I've and, said it before and I'll say it again. Life is too short for bad movies. If you're not feeling it, just just switch it off. Yeah, and so that's what we did. And for some reason, we switched and started watching Big Trouble in Little China, which my girlfriend had never seen. She <laughs> she promptly she promptly fell asleep, but at least I got some joy <laughs> for a few minutes. Um, yeah, uh, it was just it was just uh, I actually have a prediction or or, or I feel like the guy or whoever the team the the people who decided to take all of warner brothers movies and put them on hbo max this year i think they knew that their slate of movies wasn't so hot i think they knew this when they made this deal and they're probably whoever decided is a genius because i think of all the movies they put out on hbo max that came out i didn't love any of them even suicide squad that everybody else loved uh, I did not really care for it, so I you'll I think we're gonna find out like l- with the passage of time that this was like a calculated move on their part. Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay, shall we talk about Discord? Yeah, well, so I I went on Discord and it's so fun. I I I don't really know it. Like I'm on a ton of Discord channels already, but I don't really participate. I just kind of am there, and I I feel like that little that little butterfly meme. Where the guy's holding, and he's like, "Is this a community? Like, is that is that what's happening on Discord now?" This is the start of something special. Thank you to everyone who's contributed so far. Let's keep the conversation going. Let's talk about the show. Let's talk about our love of poker. Let's discuss the topics that come up on this podcast on a weekly basis. Uh, just a reminder of how to join. By the way, the link is it's. The shortened URL, the what we call the P Stars link, it's PSTA.RS slash Discord. But of course, you can find that link in the rail section of the PokerStars client. And also, if you are on Discord, whether you're on the webpage or you've downloaded the actual app, you can search for the PokerStars server. You can join, you'll find the podcast channels. And so many of you have said hello over the last seven days. We did say we would give a shout out to everyone who posted in the general discussion channel. So, hello to John Delano, Susan C, Turka in Denmark, Steve Mark in Hong Kong, David, also known as Evil Roy, Carl Stanley, John Lindley from Northern California, Sean from Hull in the UK, Kai from Canada, Gene from Canada, Javier from Mexico, loads from the UK, Joe, Paul from Birmingham, Harry from Stourport, Rachel from Bristol, Adam from Southeast England, then... John from Germany, Chad from Niagara Falls, Canada, Chad McVean, of course, the unofficial president of Poker Podcast PR Promotion Historian and Publishing. For sure. 
Uh, ben from South Wales, who was last week's super fan. Ed from Worcestershire. James from London. Dimitrios from Atlanta, Georgia. Robert from Moose Jaw, Canada. Enrique from Austin, Texas. Kevin from Dublin, Ireland. Danny from Quebec. Lee Beatles from Essex, who's been with us since the very beginning. Jay Barker, who is considering applying for Superfan versus Stapes. So I tell you what, former Superfans, convince him to do it. Uh, Danny the Duchy, who now lives in Estonia. Daniel Posey from Idaho. Colin from Nottingham in the UK. Rob from Oak Park, Michigan. A couple more from the UK. Lucas from Bristol and Jody Ann from Leicestershire. Jamie from Adelaide, Australia. Chert, our only Slovenian Superfan. Marius from London. Ian. And last, but by no means least, Jamie from Queensland, Australia, who's only just started listening to the show. Honourable mentions to Keith Woodward from Connecticut and Gabe Nagy from Brooklyn, who got in touch on Twitter, but you're not (laughs) eligible for the prize draw. And finally, Aaron, Dimitrios, Danny and Lucas, you're all on our super fan list and we will be in touch in the near future. Wow. And I'm spent. Cool. Well, let's hope that that's only a small percentage of the audience. Like, I I hope that's not like a 90%. Uh, response rate, or else no, I, I way fewer people. I see the download numbers. That's a very small percentage, but <laughs> okay, look, I, I'm I'm the more the merrier. But equally, I'm very happy to have the community that we already have. Uh, so, but just to be clear, just to be clear, you're not doing this with the shoutouts every week, no, right? That no, was no, like no. This is kickoff a- only. We do want you guys to get in touch with us, but we're not reading a fucking list of names every no, week. No, 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 no. We got look, be- a slightly better content than that. Good questions, good comments, good contributions. Absolutely will make it onto the show. This was a one-off deal. Just to salute and shout out some of our longtime fans, uh, all of you for your loyalty, and of course for being part of our Discord community. And yes, we did bribe you. There was a big carrot involved because there is a Pokestars merch prize pack. Uh, Joe, what I did is I put all those names. I jumbled them all up. Uh, they're in Excel, of course. Um, so I think there's like 38 numbers here. So give me a number between 1 and 38, please. 14. Number 14. That is Adam from Southeast England. Adam, congratulations. We'll be in touch. We'll DM you on Discord and we'll sort you out with your prizes. James, you can just go uh, drop it off. Well, Southeast England is a reasonably large area of the country, Joe. I mean, you know, it extends like 75, sure 80 mile radius. You know, do me a favor. Um, anywho, shall we get into the details of WCOOP? To the trenches. We are officially five days into the 20th edition of the World Championship of Online Poker. And Joe, we've streamed three events. We've still got nine days of streaming to come over the next three weeks. I guess the big one we're looking forward to is the Super High Roller at the start of next week. And as we said on the last episode of the podcast, the big highlight's going to be the main event, which is at, right at the end, right before the series finishes. Yeah, and I like the way that uh, it's laid out this time. You know, sometimes the main event, not with our series necessarily, but other things, like comes in the middle. I- I'm li- I like building toward yes. the main. Agreed, agreed. So Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays on the PokerStars Twitch and YouTube channels. That's when we bring you cards up coverage of selected WCOOP events. At the time of recording, there have been 42 trophies awarded, but obviously. That number is changing all the time, and it will certainly go up between today and tomorrow when this podcast is published. So make sure you check out 
the stat tracker, and the latest updates on the PokerStars blog. And talking of the blog, we have strong-armed our WCOOP correspondent into coming onto the show. He's got the looks, he's got the brains, he's Howard Swayze. You see, we might not have the animation, Howard, but we still have the music. You cannot escape your meme. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> you also can't escape W Coop, man. I mean, you just live, sleep. I, do you even sleep? Yeah, at this point, not not that much. No, it's been a yeah. There's a lot of W Coop in my life at the moment. Probably a little bit more than anyone really wants. Probably only the players actually look at W Coop more yeah. than I do. I can't remember if we've ever mentioned this on any of the streams or shows we've done, Howard. But I've known you now for 16 years. I yes. think you got the same deal that I did with the EPT, where I got to play Deauville and talked about it on LBC. And you were working for a newspaper, right? And got to play EPT Vienna? Yeah, we got the opportunity to play whatever they were. when it Back when it was a 1K. So I went yeah. to Vienna and, uh, yeah, went to the Concord Card Club. Same season as you. Uh, yeah, and we... That was back in the day, of course, when there was like, you know, poker was such a big deal and, and well, emerging, an emerging deal. And so the yeah. mainstream press was really into it. I, I, I mean, I tell the story often, but I just thought it was a wind up when I first got asked <laughs> to go. And they said, you know, uh, my phone went in my office and said, you know, we're going to pay a thousand euros for you to play poker. I was playing like 10 pound tournaments and, and home games and stuff. Yeah. And then suddenly there's this company wanting to send me to, uh, to Vienna. But then, you know, I don't really know what happened after that, but apparently someone in PokerStars and, and the rumours are that it was someone very senior in PokerStars like read what I wrote and said, let's get this guy to write the blog. And so uh, the next call I By got was very to go to Vegas. senior, do you mean the literal creator of PokerStars? Because he used to read everything. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've heard, but I obviously have no way of knowing that. But uh, I, I did like to think that Esai was uh, tucked away somewhere reading what yeah. I wrote and... Uh, yeah, and then and then yeah, the next call I got was, "Do you want to go to Vegas to do the World Series?" And that was I was totally sure my friends were like winding me up on that one. It's like <laughs> you know I was obsessed with poker, I was obsessed with Vegas. I couldn't believe it. And then it was kind of sure, yeah. It turned out it turned out that's exactly what it was. And so um, when I flew to Vegas that summer, I didn't even have a laptop. I did not own a laptop, and I got off the wow. plane. And who and the guy I was working for in PokerStars said, "Yo, can you just write something tonight?" And I was like. Yeah, on, on what, you know? And so we had to go and hire a, uh, we hired a laptop for me to write my first, uh, my first PokerStars blog reports from Vegas. That's amazing. And of course, we fast forward all these years. Now, when you get PokerStars calling you up, asking you to work, you're hoping it's a wind up, right? Now it's kind of like, how do I escape? Because you're still in this, this universe of poker. But here's the thing, Howard, I know you. Despite the cynical exterior, I can tell that when you talk about Dennis Strebkov's achievement in 2018, that stuff still excites you. I mean, yeah, it does. It impresses me. It impresses me. Like there was a time, I think, you know, when when everything was so new and so exciting about, about poker and, you know, you could be surprised at, ev at everything. But now, you know, so many amazing achievements have been have happened over the past 16 years or, or however long it is. that uh, really nothing surprises you anymore because, you know, it's, these players are super good. You know, they, they really, really work very, very hard and they do put in incredible uh, hours and they get the results. And so, yeah, it's like, um, 
I am impressed. I am very impressed by the commitment of these people. And yeah, I mean, when Dennis Strebkov does something like that, I mean, five events in one year, I, I couldn't believe it. I kept having to double check. You know, I kept going back to the client and saying, am I just looking at the same yeah. tournament again? Has he actually won another one? And yeah, it, it turned out he had. You know, that that happens like quite a bit. There was a year when a guy called Two Fly to Tilt, uh, Joel Gordon, we were doing some uh, some broadcasts at the time uh, up in Edinburgh. And uh, yeah, he, he just kept winning things. And I couldn't believe that. But, you know, Strebkov was amazing. But then Patrick Leonard looked like he could well, easily do it this year. You I was going to say, just lots of stuff going on. let's talk about the stuff that's happened since we last spoke, since we last streamed. And after we went off air, Patrick Leonard did it again. He's gone back to back. Yeah, crazy, huh? Why? I mean, he 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 really impresses me. He he really really puts the hours in, uh, but he does get incredible results. And yeah, he was sitting. I think he was like third of six left, so he had a great chance, you know. But that was single draw, so absolutely anything can happen. And yeah, the the, the night after he won his uh, first of this year, that's only it's kind of weird, I suppose, that he hasn't won for five years in W Coop. Yeah, uh, but now he's won two back to back. I don't think he's got chips in any of the events overnight, but you know he'll he'll, he'll come back, and I bet Rinat Lyapin is uh, is kind of uh, his nemesis in Player of the Year, or his closest rival in Player of the Series is sort of like sitting wondering what he can do at the moment. Yeah, I mean, on any normal evening, a heads-up battle between Yuri the Nerd Guy Martins <laughs> and Yussi Calvin Seven V Nevenlina would have been the top headline, but then. Yeah. Patrick Leonard kind of eclipsed that, but let's not let that be overshadowed because those are two beasts competing for a W Coop. Who came out on top? Uh, well, yeah, Yuri Martins did. Well, I, I wrote in the report that there was nine, that's nine W Coop braces, uh, W Coop titles between them. And Nevin Lena had five and Martins had four and they were heads up last night. Yuri Martins won this one. And so he's now got five. Uh, he won three of his last year. And so I guess he's like a relative newcomer. Nevin Lena has been doing this forever, as have all the players from Finland. Uh, but Brazilians have like basically only the sort of past five or six years really come into it. Yuri Martins is like obviously top, top player. Uh, uh, so he won three last year and he beat Nevin Lena heads up last night. He's got like some, inc his five are all in all the mixed game variants. So he's a brilliant, brilliant player. Yeah. Um, before we talk more about Brazil, uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on specifically from Wednesday night is that we did have Ben CB and Lex uh, deep in an event. Is it fair to say that they were outclassed? <laughs> well, that's it is not fair to say that. No, that is really, really unfair to say that. Um, I, how dare yeah. you? They did not win the tournament. They actually uh, just missed out on the final table, the two PokerStars guys. But Klaas Segerbrecht, so sick one. Uh, he won his second. Yeah, so Klaas Segerbrecht's another guy that we always seem to sort of pick up at some point uh, during these major series. And, uh, yep, he won what was his second uh, second W Cooper. He's won tons of scoop as well. So, yep, unlucky Lex, unlucky Ben, but they'll be back, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so Brazil won two of the three high rollers that we streamed, Joe. Um, PV Girl won his second WCube in the 5K. Pedro Padilla won his second in the 10K. And I know that we joke a lot about Brazil, but I get the impression that they are crushing generally. Yeah, they are again. And, and it's interesting. I mean, they always seem to do really well in the low buy-in events because there's tons and tons and tons of players. It's just a real enthusiasm for poker in Brazil. And yeah. so, you know... 
by sheer force of numbers, they they tend to kind of do well in those in the lower buy-in events. But they've also got these like super reliable high stakes players as well, Padilla, Yuri Martins. And super uh, reliable high speed internet probably also <laughs> is something you need in your country if you want to be good at online poker. Yeah, I suspect so. Yeah. Like those guys are just uh, are just incredible. I mean, there's I, I often just when I open up the client in the morning, I just, you know, I, I know I'm going to be reporting on at least two Brazilian wins. And, uh, and yeah, last night there were there were four of them. Incredible. Uh, Joe, I know you've been waiting a week to ask about player of the series. I have. Is, has enough time passed that we can say that there is a a, 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 a front runner, at least after one? Is It's not even a week of WCUB. It's a week of streaming we're done with. But uh, is there is someone emerging? Well, I would normally say it's far too soon, but Patrick Leonard is obviously one, two, and he made two other final tables. And we know he's going to put the hours in. That's the thing, you know, to win player of the series, you have to put the hours in. You have to commit to the whole series and you have to play everything. And so every now and again, if someone has a kind of like a really good couple of weeks, but they're perhaps only a Holden player or they don't play huge amounts, you know, they're going to sort of drift away. But because it's Patrick Leonard... Uh, and he's leading the overall standings. He's leading the high standings. Uh, like there's every chance he's going to go all the way, you know, start to finish. I mean, it's it's certainly, certainly not over. You'll see Nevin Lena's going to have a say. Yuri Martins is going to have a say. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Leonard doesn't just sort of like destroy this one. Yeah. And as you already referenced, Howard, strong performances from the Stars stream team, plenty of deep runs for Finson and Lex. Joe, I mean, our streams have been fun. The first three were good fun. Um, I guess we should apologize to viewers for Sam's moustache and Maria's chop pot performances. Uh, yeah. So just to clarify, you see what I'm seeing with the Maria song, right? Like she she's singing a different version than we are. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like she's not familiar with the source material. Either that or she's <laughs> trying to make it her own. And all you really need to do is 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 karaoke, just to deliver a solid rendition of the original. I think that she's probably too talented a singer, right? Like we just need a jingle. We don't need uh we don't need something we don't need a Dell's version of the Chop Pot song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, Howard, you are a big part of our coverage and you'll be back with us on Monday when we stream the 25K Super High Roller. That That is the biggest event on the schedule, right? There's no bigger buy-in than $25,000. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's kind of like, it's always 25K now in, in WCOOP and SCOOP <laughs> and uh, for the past few years. Yeah, that'll be big. I mean, you're, you know, all the, oh, we can probably name five out of the, uh, five out of the final table players already. And, uh, you know, it'll be the, <laughs> it'll be those top, top stars, uh, so it's going to be great watching the way they play, seeing them with cards up as you do, you know, just congratulations, watching people, C. Darwin. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tayan Mulder as well. He'll be there. Well, Howard, we will talk to you on Bank Holiday Monday. Thanks for now. We did have the opportunity to interview the winner of the first WCOOP final table we covered, a gentleman by the name of Pedro Garagnani, a.k.a. P. Viga. That's right. We talked to him about taking down the 5K high roller for nearly $200,000. Pedro, congratulations. You came into the final table as chip leader. Then your stack went up. It went down. It went up. It went down. How does that affect you to be seesawing like that? <laughs> yeah, um, that was kind of interesting because um, that was a very difficult final table, like lots of pros, uh, well-known pros, uh, obviously. and. Um, I found myself actually just uh, card dead most of the time. Um, 
but as I had like uh, a huge ship sack, I just saw basically everybody just busting each other's, and then uh, somehow uh, I got to three handed, and then it was a very tough battle um, between me and and Diventura mostly. Uh, it was a very tough match, uh, and yeah, it was uh, yeah it was it was cool because um, we practiced a lot. This uh, this kinds of Short stack situations. It's just uh, keep keep your cool and and stuff happen. <laughs> That's it. The uh, the heads up battle seemed pretty friendly, but there was like a brief talk of a deal that then fell apart. What what happened there? Oh yeah, because of the uh, there was the reserve ten k for the first place, uh, and yeah. so the difference between second and and the deal that. And the regular price pool, it was around like nine or ten k. So for me, that was the short stack. It wasn't like that interesting to to, to like cut a deal. So we just decided to like ask play, and, and that's all. And okay. you won. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, the Battle of yeah. South America was won by Brazil. Uh, I'm interested in how this compares with your first WCOOP win because you got your first title back in 2017. That was in a $55 turbo PKO. Obviously, the prize money this time is bigger, but the first one probably means more, right? Yeah, well, yeah, like as, yeah, back then it was. Um, more, I don't know, uh, important, I guess, in terms of yeah. uh, money, maybe. But, but like, winning uh, a high event is very, um, I don't know, symbolic. It's like, the more, it's a tough, uh, tougher game. It's a more, like, technical game. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I feel more rewarded right now of, for winning this event, not only because of the price, obviously, but because it's a more like technical event, it's a more difficult event. There was like a P- PSTO turbo event, which is like more a lot of splashing around and just shoving and yeah. And, that, and then this, this final table, I just I only went all in for my whole stack like once versus dying, which won it was a flip. But I think it's more rewarding now than it was like back then because of this. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of rewarding, you had a big score in the High Roller Club earlier this year. What future poker rewards are you still looking for other than money? What goals do you still have to check off your list? Yeah, like, um, obviously, always, like, improving and getting better. Uh, but, like, I am very interested in playing some live events because uh, most of my life, I've, I didn't... Um, travel to to play more like i would definitely like to score like a very uh like big tournament live even like especially at the poker stars tours like epts or something because it's a very nice trophy <laughs> great plug and, uh, wow. yeah and, we, uh, we look forward just to seeing so you cool. on that live circuit, and we look forward to you competing for an EPT trophy. I would like to remind you, of course, that this WCOOP event came with a trophy, so you are going to get some oh, silverware yeah. for your win yeah. in this event. Uh, Pedro, congratulations once again, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. 
Well, Pedro isn't the only WCOOP champion on this week's podcast. Right now, we're joined by UK pro Jonathan Proudfoot, a.k.a. Proudflop, winner of 2H, the $530 kickoff. Jonathan, welcome to the show and congrats. Uh, hi, how are you doing? You're right. Uh, thanks very much for having us. Um, hi, it was, it, was a good, it was a good win. It's always good to get an early one under the belt, isn't it? I bet. It's good, a good win and good to put a face and a voice to the name, you know? It's it's so weird. You know, obviously when we do live poker commentary, we get a more of an impression of who a, a person is by getting to look mm-hmm. at them. And when we're doing online poker, I just assume that every single person is as intimidating in real life as they are <laughs> on the poker table. And it's always a shock to me, no matter how many times it happens, to see a smiling friendly face on the other end of this interview um i wish i was intimidated (laughs) (laughs) do you feel like you're at least intimidating at the poker table um not really that even online you don't think you're an intimidating force people aren't aren't, aren't scared to play with you i would like to think so i think everybody's just having fun at the i hope so well that's a great way to look at it um just to focus on this event for a moment Big field, more than 1,100 players, big prize pool, more than 500k. Was it a tough one to play? It was a two-dayer, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I late registered, obviously, because it was on quite early on the Sunday, I think. I think it started at like one o'clock. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it, it felt like it did go on for quite a while. And then day two went pretty easy. And I was quite happy with everything. Made a couple of mistakes and stuff and had a look at them. And yeah, it was good. But sometimes you just need to get lucky, right? Yeah. And as you said, nice to get that result early on and, and have that cash, yeah, which you can the then dream, really. reinvest in the rest of the series. Uh, I think I'm right in thinking this is your first WCOOP trophy? Yeah, first WCOOP. I've won one scoop before, but never a WCOOP. Played maybe four, four WCOOPs or something like that. Like, like everyday sort of stuff and never won anything. So it's Do pretty you, good. Uh, when you talk about getting that win in early, do you ever consider like, not playing the rest of the series and being like that. Well, that's me done. Like I'm good. Like why do I need? To? I'm gonna go take a vacation. Nah, the opposite. Play everything now. <laughs> I like what, it. What would be enough? Like what would be? You know, if if you won four or five W coops, let's say, would you take the next online series off? Nah, nah. I think you just. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just look forward to it so much and then. You just want to play, don't you? Yeah. That's the main thing. Uh, also, you've you got, you got to play the rush. One, you still want to keep playing, right? Yeah. That's yeah. good. And obviously, adding to a very impressive poker resume, I mean, you mentioned your success in Scoop. Uh, we can see that you've got, you know, over the course of the last decade and a bit, better part of $8 million in online caches. Um, let's go back to the beginning, Jonathan. How did it start? How did you become this online force? Online forces <laughs> is a bit much, but yeah. Stop um, being so self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, so, not very proud foot. Yeah, um, I started playing like with college, at college and stuff, skipping classes, playing in the refectory, like a sort of area where everybody hangs out in college. Um, and then we were playing home games and stuff just in my house. Then started getting on, uh, getting involved in online poker and stuff. And then I was losing to start with. And then I think I qualified for a WCOOP main event where, like, you could all, it was this thing where you could swap the T dollars and stuff, but you had to use a third party site. It was a long time ago, about 10 wow. years ago. 
And then I qualified and I was working at Sainsbury's just part-time. Qualified for that, it was, I think it was 5K. And then I qualified again using some of the T dollars. And I was like, screw it, I'll just play the main event. Cash the main event and then quit Sainsbury's the next day. <laughs> Lost all my money and then started studying and then grinded it all back playing like uh, what's, goes. What's the Sainsbury uh, slogan? Every little helps. Is that uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Tesco, a, Joe. I think ah, Tesco, damn it. yeah. I don't Shit. know what the slogan they'll, is. Now. They'll be thrilled <laughs> to know that the millions they spend on advertising has you thinking they're their rival brand. Whoops. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, though, that you're very much a player, it seems, who learned from his mistakes. And it's a story that you hear so often. It's like, built up a bankroll, lost it all, then realized that yeah. maybe that early success was down to variance and maybe I need to be better at this game if I'm actually going to play it long term. Yeah. yeah, I think you have a look at yourself when you're losing. Quite often, it's quite easy to not reflect on your game and stuff when you're winning so i try i always try and do a lot of work and things now and it's part of part of being a poker player i suppose now but yeah yeah i had supernova elite and all that kind of stuff back in the day and then then went kind of broke again and then started playing tournaments and grinded back up playing tournaments about four or five years ago right so um, uh, you rags part, to riches are you part of any particular uk poker gang are there any players that you talk to regularly do you um, have study just, sessions they're just one guy. Uh, he's been on the on the the podcast before. Bowie, Bowie effect. Yeah, Andy, Andy Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. He's like my sole friend in poker. Uh, my partner always says that I live under a rock, so I don't have many like poker friends and things like that. But just I study with Andy every single day, and then we have one other guy who plays for us called Ubes, who's a moderator on one of the Twitch professionals uh, streams, and yeah, he's in our group now as well. I actually wanted to talk to you about uh, your heritage and your name um, because, you know, obviously one of the only things I ever get to do, uh, especially in online poker, to try to keep things interesting is to goof on people's names. But when I see a name like yours, I actually try not to because I'm not I'm not sure. Like, it sounds like an indigenous person's name. Um, and, you know, we start getting into like murky territory if I start goofing on that sort of thing. So I'm just what, what's what's the deal with uh, with Proudfoot? What's my name? Uh, yes, I've been born Proudfoot, so that's my name, basically. It's not a, <laughs> but it's not like anything. It's uh, not. No, it, no, it's I think just, it's just maybe Scottish, maybe originally. I fantastic! Don't know. I now really it's looked, totally fair really game. Looked. Now that I know, yeah, you, you yeah, know, yeah, it's some sort of. <laughs> but we don't need to goof on the name because we've had so much fun over the last twelve months with the avatar, and we need to talk about the proud flop avatar uh, because <laughs> when we first saw you on stadium series you were immediately identified as a player who joe would block if he were playing against you in terms of the avatar it's horrible now we yeah. quickly established thanks to viewers on twitch and youtube that it's a creature from doctor who yeah is the intention of this avatar because you're a giant geek who loves doctor who or is it because <laughs> you know that it's a monstrosity and it's going to tilt your opponents I don't know. I, I, I must be the only person on Pokestars who's had the same avatar for 10 years. Honestly, I don't know anybody else. I just leave it and I found out it triggers people a bit. So I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't really care, to be honest. It's just some Sontaran from Doctor Who, from like, which was my favourite uh, species for like 10 years ago or something. So yeah. I don't really so watch are, it anymore. But. Okay, so are you a big fat nerd? Is that where this comes from? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. Some people might say, well, I don't think so. But but crucially, the fact that it does trigger certain people is an added bonus of having that avatar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I wonder how many people block it, but uh, 
It'd be interesting if you could get those statistics right. In addition to downloading my hand histories, can you also tell me how many of my opponents have blocked my avatar recently? <laughs> I bet it's a few. Yeah. Every, if you're pumping the people alive, they always say, why, why have you got this alien thing? It gets a bit of attention. Just leave it. I'm not bothered. Don't need to change it, really. I haven't got anything else funny to do or a new thing. So, Well... Jonathan, congratulations once again on taking down the WCOOP kickoff event. Uh, I'm sure you will enjoy the trophy when it arrives, and I'm sure you'll enjoy the money over the course of the next few weeks. Good luck in the rest of the series. Yeah, no worries. Thanks very much. And now it's time for this week's Superfan. Please welcome to the Poker in the Ears podcast, Luke Maskell. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing well. How about you? Good, thanks. I'm good. You guys should know it's podcast only, but Luke's very handsome, a little intimidating. Hello, Luke. <laughs> I do my best. Uh, hello, Joe. How are you? I- I'm fine. Thank you. A little early in the morning for me, but I'm be- you're perking me right up, buddy. Let me tell you. I'll do my best. Were you so, eight hours behind? Yeah. Uh, that is correct. Eight hours behind the United Kingdom. It's not that early in the grand scheme of things. I thought everyone in LA got up at 4 a.m. to beat traffic. Uh, Luke, apart from intimidating Joe Stapleton, what else do we need to know about you? Uh, not too much, I suppose. I'm a bit boring. Um, I'm a civil servant, work for the government, so nothing too exciting, unfortunately. Yeah, right. This guy's MI6. That's what they all say. They're all yeah. like, man, just a lowly civil servant. Meanwhile, he's like a lord. He's, he's like voting. Commute to a certain building in Vauxhall. <laughs> unfortunately, I'm nowhere near that cool. I wish I did, <laughs> but no, unfortunately can, not. Can you say what area of civil servantry you work in? Uh, yeah, law and, and like the legal department for the civil service. It's, yeah, very boring, unfortunately. I don't know, man. He seems like a prime candidate to get plucked. Anyway. Uh, and as far as poker is concerned, Luke, how does that fit into your life? Uh, I think like most people who uh, have been here, I, well, my dad taught me to play when I was very, very young, um, just with my little brother. And we used to play in the house for just for fun, no, no yeah. money involved. And then at university um, developed that massively and got into a society and just, yeah, grew to the love of the game massively. And now, yeah, heavily involved for the last... seven eight years something like that that i've been playing fairly frequently do you have uh big poker dreams w coop style poker dreams or you're happy just to play whatever stakes you're at these days uh i'm happy i don't get much time with what i do to play as much as i would like to um i think like most people the the dream would be to play the wsop i was actually due to go this year but with travel restrictions, I think it's going to be very, very unlikely, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I did play an EPT once. That was That's my highlight thus far. Cool. Really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. Which EPT? When was that? Uh, Sochi 2018. Yeah, 2018 Sochi. Cool. Well, I'm yeah. glad you got to play an EPT. And look, the World Series of Poker isn't going anywhere. They'll be next year and the year after that and the year after that. Um, now... We want to spend some time talking about this movie. I'm going to be completely upfront. I saw this when it was released in cinemas back in the mid-2000s. I haven't seen it since. Joe, I know you have rewatched it probably in the last few hours. It's Jarhead. It's the Sam Mendes movie. I'm just checking. No, that isn't the question in the quiz. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I'm safe to reveal that as well. Um, We would have known. My only recollection is I was pretty nonplussed. At the time, I kind of felt that it was a bit derivative. I felt it had shades of Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. And I left thinking it was fine, but it didn't really add anything to a genre that I felt was very well worn. So 
I I thought all of the same things when I saw this movie in 2009 or whatever it was. I think right 2000 whatever. Oh five. Oh five. Yeah. Um, thinking all those same things. However, however, like most war movies. I don't think you could really appreciate this movie in 2005. When I rewatched it last night, I was like, this is really good. This is like, this is so much better than I remember it. Made so much more sense. What Mendes and everyone was going for in this film made way more sense to me with the passage of time and with the fact that that war from that they were showcasing from the early 90s in 2005 has happened how many times since then yeah. with the same sort of things and the same people going through the same struggles. And I remember being really, really bored back then and watching it this time being like, that's the point. That's the point of this is like, is intense and boring. Um, and so I really had a newfound appreciation for this movie. I remember not liking it at all when I saw it before and now really, really getting it. Luke, did you feel this, like, is that why you picked this? Uh, well, so I didn't, I don't remember it from from that era because I was eleven when this movie came out. So unfortunately, I, I <laughs> sick you son of a bitch, <laughs> yeah. asshole. Try my best. Um, so I didn't watch it back in the day. I think I probably watched it for the first time maybe ten years ago or so. Um, I enjoyed it at the time. Just I thought it was more funny than anything else. I kind of like the sort of that sort of dark humor. I quite like dark humor anyway, and it's got that dark. There's that humor. Full Metal Jacket sort of like yeah. oh, if you just like want to laugh at the ridiculousness of of drill sergeants and recruits, you can get that from it, but there's also, yeah, the rest. Absolutely. And then, yeah, I just like the idea that that a lot of war movies are are quite glorified in a lot of ways. I think Mm. like, you know, if you watch anything in the last 20 years, the more famous ones, Black Hawk Down, Saving Private Ryan, although they do say, show some of the gritty stuff, you know, we idolize and and rightfully so we idolize these soldiers and stuff. And and they just make this seem like the, the cool thing to do. It's the very call of duty esque era that we're in. Whereas this actually says, do you know what, if you go to war, even as a sniper scout sniper, which is, you know, theoretically one of the cooler jobs, I guess, in the military, you're still going to be the, the, this boring tense waiting for something to happen and potentially going up against some pretty nasty things like nerve gas, et cetera. And that's best case scenario, right? Exactly. Is that you're yeah. waiting around for something like you don't even really want the, the action. You don't want to kill people, but you, you end up just the boredom also, you know, the, 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 the um, intensity of, of waiting for those moments can be cruel also. Well, guys, you convinced me and I will definitely revisit it. I will definitely rewatch it and reappraise it. And I kind of wish I'd done that before this quiz, but obviously Patrick did all the hard work. He's put together this quiz. It's the usual format, Luke. Sorry, real quick, James. Did Patrick say whether what any thoughts on the movie? I always kind of like his takes too. I think Patrick liked the movie, Um, but obviously he will let you know if I'm misrepresenting his opinions. Um, I would say that it's a $109 WCOOP ticket that's up for grabs in this quiz, Luke. Uh, plus, of course, there's Poacher poacher Stars. There's Poker Stars merch available as well. Uh, you know the rules. You know how it works. Please give me a number between 1 and 10. I think I'd be doing this uh, uh, an injustice if I didn't say it was always coming 7. <laughs> it is always coming 7. Which Stevie Wonder, Wonder song does Sykes make Swafford bugle with his mouth? Can I take the options? You can. Is it? You are the sunshine of my life. Isn't she lovely? Superstition. I just called to say I love you. I think it's sunshine of my life. 
It is for one point. You are on the board. You're doing great, Luke, because I would have nailed that one. So, so far, so good. I mean, this is the danger. You let Joe rewatch the film a few hours ago, so his knowledge should be almost perfect. Uh, any number other than seven? Yeah, let's go with number nine, please. Number nine. What is the name of Swafford's girlfriend? Christine. Christine. I mean, uh, look, that, that them's the rules. I said Christine. If that's not the right answer, then I don't get it. Uh, I mean, look, I'm going to get a, 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 as, ob as, as objective a ruling as you can give, Luke, putting your legal hat on for one second. The answer that Patrick's written is Christina. Now, is Joe right or is Patrick right? Uh, from my memory, Patrick's right. Um, okay. Joe, I'm going to give you one point because Christine, Christine are very close. You've got it without fair. the options. So I'll give you the point. I'll also give you the bonus question. What is the name of a hotel night manager friend? I want to say Carl. It's the only name in my head. Carl. It is Carl for one point. So you have a 2-1 lead. Uh, that was the only bonus, by the way. Wow. <laughs> you chose wisely uh luke where are we going on the board next uh we'll go down on six number six who plays sykes uh jamie fox it is jamie fox for two points oh speaking of i'm not a jamie fox fan either and in this role i think this might be my favorite role i've ever seen him and he's he's so so good in this movie better than the cab driver in collateral yeah uh yes Okay. Well, I haven't seen Clatter in a really long time, and I remember that was my peak not liking Jamie Foxx face, so I'd need to rewatch it. But, but as far as like, it's this is the first time I remember liking him. Okay. Thank you for the side note. Where are we going, Joe? One, two, three, four, five. Uh, eight, let's go with number number two, please. Number two. Who burns their sausages and causes a fire in the camp? That is Fergus. Full name, please. <sighs> I mean, he's, he's listing the credits as Fergus. Um, I'll, t I'll take the choices. Is it Chris Kruger, Dave Fowler, Fergus O'Donnell, or Alan Troy? Fergus O'Donnell. There you go. You get a point, and we have a tied game. One, three, Good four, luck, five, Luke. eight, or ten, Luke. I'm going to need it. Uh, number eight, please. <sighs> number eight. What four letters do the group burn into each other's skin? USMC. Correct for two points. Oh, it's the luck of the drawer in a Patrick quiz. One, three, four, <laughs> five, or ten? Uh, three, please. Which war were the soldiers fighting? The Gulf War? It was the Gulf War for two points. Still have a tied game. I've got a feeling that this could go to the tiebreaker. One, four, five, or ten? Go four. Number four. Which actor from the US version of The Office has a small role in this film? John Krasinski. It is John Krasinski for two points. So it's 7-5, but Joe, it's your question. 1-5 or 10? Ten? 10, please. What food does Kruger eat on the plane? What food does Kruger eat on the plane? Oh, nuts. Indeed he does. And we're tied once again. Final round, one or five? Little ones. Five. Why was Troy going to get discharged when they got back home? Uh, he had a criminal record that he lied about. Correct, for two points. So you know the rule, Joe. If you take the options, uh-uh, you need to get this. You need to nail this without the choices. What for is the, the tie, name? right? 
to tie the game. Correct. What is the name of the black scorpion that wins the fight against the white scorpion? Chango. Correct for two points. So it is nine points each. We do go to the tiebreaker. So this is how it works, Luke. The tiebreaker has a numerical answer. You can either try and guess the number and allow Joe to take the over or the under, or you can let Joe pick the number and then you can choose whether to take the over or the under. Um, I'll let Joe choose and I'll try and... Okay. The question is, Joe... Smart. How many times is the word fuck, or a variation of that word, oh used God. in this movie? Oh, man. Luke, this is going to be tough for you, man, because... Um, I'm going to go with... 40. 40 times? Yeah. Okay. Luke, do you want to take the over or the under? Uh, I'm very, very much going to take the over. The reason for that is I actually looked this up before. This is, uh, oh, wow. this is like the John Carpenter, I, Dad, I'm going to win a million dollars moment. He's like, I know exactly the answer. It's 80. What is it? It's, you know, you remember? it's over 300. I think it's like 320 something. Well, oh according, my God. according to Stat Trick, it's 278, but it doesn't oh, matter. Anyway. In reality, it's over 40. And that means you win the tiebreaker. You win the quiz. You win Superman versus Stapes. So congratulations, Luke. We're going to give you that WCOOP ticket and some PokerStars swag. Amazing. Thank you so much. Congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me. Great to talk to you. All right, my babies. We're almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up next week, more from the W Coop Streets. It's going to be a little bit uh, similar format from here on out until W Coop is over. However... Uh, next week, I will have an update on some fun card counter stuff going on. Uh, not literal card counters. You know, the movie. The car Everyone knows at this point, the movie, The Card Counter. <laughs> You've done a uh, very good job of being a one-man publicity machine. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, the man, I really, I better be in the good graces of the filmmakers after this is all over. That's all I have to say. I've been putting some, some serious work into this. However, we're going to have some fun stuff to show as a result by next week, or at least talk about. Uh, and speaking of fun, the poker wedding of the century of the year took place last week, and yeah. we will be speaking to Mr. and Mrs. Sprague. So it was the lore of sod that the moment we got done recording last week's podcast, episode 219, Spraggy tweeted that he got married in Vegas and PokerStars announced that Ben Roller, Ben CB, had signed as an ambassador. And it's like, great, two bits of news that we missed out on. However, we were hoping to get Spraggy and Marley on this week's show. Didn't work out, but they will be on next week. So I guess keeping with the news theme, not specifically related to WCOOP, but very much of the moment, very much a big story in the poker world. So we'll catch those guys next week. I mean, look, they get one week to be on a honeymoon before we ruin their marriage on the podcast. So that's fine. We can we can let them have seven days of being happy. In the meantime, don't forget to hop on the Discord. Lots of fun stuff will be taking place there, and it'll be the best place to get in touch with us. And do not forget to watch the WCOOP streams Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for three more weeks. That is, however all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, this is Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. 